0: Marriage? Hauntings? Murder? We've got it all. A husband and wife talking about all things real, scary, and truthful. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, ladies and germs. What's going on? Um, It's just me today. I'm so sorry to tell you that there's no Eric. No comedic relief from my too much crime. (laughs) Um, Eric had to work. He's been working a lot uh, lately because our dog has to have surgery and he's trying to make as much money as he can so we can pay for that lovely surgery. So he's working hard. So I thought I would just hop on here and do this myself. So that's one less thing he has to worry about. But hopefully next week he'll be back and you'll have someone to laugh at. Or you can laugh at me. I mean, you know, whatever. You don't have to just laugh at him. <laughs> whatever you want to do um so with it just being me you know you're gonna get a lot of information probably (laughs) welcome to true crime with ashley where i don't know things are different enjoy um okay so that today excuse me We are talking about the murder of Lindsay Buziak, B-U-Z-I-A-K. She was a Canadian real estate agent who was murdered on a property viewing in a suburb of British Columbia, uh, Victoria, on February 2008 after being lured to meet a couple posing as prospective clients. So, that's just crazy in itself. I know that there's a similar case about this too. I can't remember the name of the person, though, but I remember seeing, like, this case, and then they were comparing it to another case, but I can't remember what it was. I'll see if I can find it um before the episode is over, but I do know that there was, like, a similar case like this, too, but I can't remember if it was also in Canada. Anyway, not important. Um, so, she was born on November 2nd, 1983. Her parents' names were Jeff and Evelyn. She had one sister named Sarah, and she was an ambitious Victoria real estate agent who made a promising start to her career and was described by her family, friends, and colleagues as being popular and caring. Excuse me. My sinuses are driving me crazy today, so my voice is probably going to be all over the place. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um... She also had a boyfriend named Jason, and he was from a prominent and wealthy family that also owned a real estate business. Um, So, in late 2008, she gets a call from a woman, and she was like, me and my husband are looking to buy a home, and we need to buy one fast. We've got a budget of a million dollars, so do with that what you will. And she's like, okay. Okay. The caller had a foreign accent, and uh, they later figured out that the name she used was fake as well. Um, Lindsay was, like, worried about the call, and she asked the caller how she had gotten her no- her number because it was her personal cell phone number. It wasn't her work number, and um, she was a re- relatively junior employee, so she was like, ah, this is kind of weird. Like, what's going on? And she said that a previous client passed it on to her, and so she's like, okay, but It's still kind of weird, so she told her dad and her boyfriend about it, and um, her boyfriend was like, but you should still take on the client because it's such a high commission and everything will be okay. I'll go with you. I'll stay outside the property in my car in case anything goes wrong, and she's like, okay, that sounds great. That makes me feel safe wonderful and they made an appointment to meet the client and view the property at 5 30 p.m on saturday february 2nd 2008 cash is trying to make his way up here so if like everything (laughs) falls down it's because cash has knocked everything over so that'll be wonderful so okay Like I said, they make the, um, appointment to view the property at 5.30 Saturday, February 2nd. So, um, Lindsay and Jason ate a late lunch at a restaurant. It said on the receipt and the, like, records from the restaurant that they paid the bill at 4.24 p.m. They left in their own vehicles because she was going to go home and change clothes and he was going to, um you know, watch from outside. He also went to a auto shop to pick up a colleague, and he became late by doing this, and the CCTV at the auto shop showed him and his colleague leaving around 5 30, which was the exact time that she was supposed to meet the couple at the house. So, they sent messages back and forth to each other, you know, she's probably like, where are you? And he's like, oh my god, I'm running late, I'm so sorry, da 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 da, da. So, you know, those kind of messages. If you're in a relationship, you know those kind of messages. Excuse me, where are you? <laughs> Get over here now. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I'm going to fight you. Um. <laughs> so, you know, if you're in a relationship, you know those kind of messages. So, um, the house that they were looking for was in a little cul-de-sac. It was on a street called... And I could be butchering this, but De Sousa Place, S-O-U-S-H-A. Um, so, like I said, it was in a little cul-de-sac. It only had four houses. Um, it was number 1702, and it was at the outer end of the cul-de-sac on the intersection of this little area and the main through fair. And And um, it had a fence and a back garden, and it was, like, a really beautiful... I mean, it was a $1 million house, so... <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, so when Lindsay talked to the client originally, she told her that she was going to come by herself. And when, um, she showed up, the couple was at the house. So it was a man and a woman instead of just the woman. And she was like, okay, um, this is what we agreed upon, but you know, what can I do now? So, there were two witnesses that saw this happen. Um, They said they saw a six-foot-tall Caucasian man with dark hair and a blonde-haired woman between 35 and 45. She had on a distinctively patterned dress, and they were walking up the cul-de-sac at, like I said, 530 when they were supposed to. Um, meet Lindsay. They saw them shake hands. Um, and they said that, like, from the body language, they could tell that they had never met each other before, and then all three of them entered the house. So at least that there's people out here like watching. So I mean, even like if you were gonna buy a house in this neighborhood, you know you got nosy neighbors. So <laughs> sometimes that can be good, and sometimes that could be bad. Um, in this case, probably, a good thing, I guess. Um, so Jason and his friend arrive at the house at about 5 40. And when he was driving to the house, um, he saw a figure through the glass front door. So he parked outside of the property for about 10 minutes and then he decided to like kind of circle around because he didn't want to be nosy and he waited another 10 minutes and then he texted her to see if she was okay because he hadn't heard from her. And I guess like. It probably doesn't take that long to show a house. I don't know. I've never done it, um, but he texted her and asked if she was okay, and she never even opened the message. And he thought, okay, you know, maybe she's still showing the house or whatever. Well, twenty more minutes um, had passed, and he was like, okay, that's enough. So he goes up to the front door, and he tried to go in, and it was locked. And he's like, this isn't like this. This isn't what we do. So he looked through the door. And he saw her shoes in the hall, but there was no sign of movement. And nobody answered, like, no matter how much he, like, knocked or banged on the door. And so he was like, I'm calling 911. And his friend was like, I'll go around the house and look around and see if I can see anything. And he's like, okay. So while he's on the phone with 911, his friend found a gap in the fence in the back that they could, um, like, go in and out of, I guess. And so, they entered the back, and they saw the patio door was open, and he told the 911 operator, we're going in the house, and then he hung up. So, he's like, you better get here. I'm going in. Goodbye. And the operator's probably like, don't do that, but he probably didn't listen, Um, which I wouldn't either, so I don't blame him at all. So, Jason's colleague came through the main level to unlock the front door to let Jason in and he immediately ran upstairs and found Lindsay lying in a pool of blood in the master bedroom. He called 911 a second time and was like, "Get here now. Like you have to get here my girlfriend has been murdered. Something's happening. What do we got to do? Like to get here as fast as you can." She was pronounced dead at the scene when the paramedics arrived. She had been stabbed multiple times. There were no defensive wounds and That meant that she had probably initially been stabbed from behind and had no clue what was going to happen to her. Um, Nothing had been stolen and she hadn't been sexually assaulted or anything like that. She had just been stabbed many times and left. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Ashley here, and I'm here to tell you about a recent discovery about how harmful dryer sheets can be. It was brought to my attention by one of my listeners that dryer sheets are full of chemicals, synthetic materials, and animal fats. And you know how much we love these dogs, so that is really hurtful to me. So... There's an all-natural, safe, and organic alternative to dryer sheets. It's handmade hemp dryer balls found on Etsy, which is Etsy.com. If you're not familiar, it's spelled E-T-S-Y, and the shop's name is Green and Experience. Green and Experience. It's all one word, and of course, I'll put the link to their shop and the hemp dryer balls in our description for this episode. If you're not familiar with hemp dryer balls, they're all-natural, plant-based, non-toxic, safe, and organic. They're safe to use in your dryer cycle, and these chemicals and toxins found in dryer sheets get infused into your family's clothes and bed sheets, and of course your dog's toys if you wash your dog's toys like we do, and you don't want that. The perfect example of this is when towels get scratchy over time. Also, their dryer balls fight germs. They're antibacterial and hypoallergenic. Especially safe for babies, infants, and people with sensitive skin. Enjoy safe and naturally infused dry clothes with these dry hemp balls. Order them today with a limited time promo code for 20% off. Use code HEMPBALL20 from Etsy.com. And, of course, we will put the promo code in our description as well. And we hope you enjoy these awesome dryer balls. So, of course, that was crazy. Like, what in the world right so um jason and his friend of course were taken into custody because they always are like it's the boyfriend it's the husband it's whatever um but they were released because their version of events was verified by surveillance footage and they were like you obviously couldn't have committed the murder because you weren't here um they have like Questioned Jason a lot, and they even did like a polygraph test, like over the years. But he's always cooperated, he's always been like very open and honest. So they don't think it was him, um, and they didn't think it was him. Um, there wasn't a lot of DNA at the evidence, uh, at the crime scene, like no fingerprints, really, no physical evidence. They were like, this murder had to be well organized and definitely carried out by somebody who had probably killed before. Um, They were like, you know, did they leave through the front door when Jason pulled up to the property? Did they go through the back door, leaving the patio door open? Um, Like, what happened here? Um, All the vehicles on the cul-de-sac were accounted for, so they didn't like walk through the front door, get in a car and leave. So I don't know like about that. Um, and they didn't at the time either. So of course they, um, traced the cell phone and the number that was used to call Lindsay to set up the house. And, um, it was activated under the name Paulo Rodriguez, and like I said, they believed that it was a fake name, but it was registered to an actual address in Vancouver, but it was a business address, and they didn't think it had any connection with the case at all, that it was just completely chosen at random because you had to have a legitimate address um, to have the phone activated. And of course, the phone was deactivated after Lindsay was murdered and hadn't been used since Um, the cell phone tower pings show that the phone traveled by ferry from Vancouver on the day of the murder and that it was literally only used for the sole purpose of murdering Lindsay and then discarded afterwards, which made them think that their, um, murder was planned and had been planned the whole time. This wasn't like an accident. This wasn't like a spur of the moment thing. This was a planned murder on Lindsay and that was the way that it was. So, Jason's family was investigated because they were like connected to the cul-de-sac, which is crazy uh, to me. And part of the construction uh, was still going on during the cul-de-sac at the time of the murder. And um, they said that no one in the family was a suspect, though, because there was just no reason for them to be. Um, There was a Dateline episode that came out in 2010 called dream house murder and um they revealed that in 2007 about eight weeks prior to her murder Lindsay tried to contact the friend of her ex-boyfriend while on vacation and um it was in 2008 the largest drug bust in alberta history took place and the friend was arrested for being a major participant in the drug trafficking operation they think that her murder had been ordered by the drug cartel because they thought she was a police informant. Um, they ruled that out though, because there was not enough uh, information about it. And of course she wasn't an informant. Um, and plus the personal nature of her murder didn't fit like a hired killer operation. Um, so that didn't make any sense. There really wasn't like any reason for that to be a thing. Um, they also thought maybe another but drug bust related to this group of people were, like, linked to her murder. Um, one of their phones had even been tapped at the time, and um, her phone was tapped at the time, too. And so was her boyfriend's, but that was also dismissed because she wasn't involved in drugs. So I'm like, why would you keep bringing this up? Like, she clearly was, like, an outstanding like, a real estate agent on the up and up. Like, why would she just be, like, involved in all this drug cartel stuff that doesn't make any sense? So, in 2008, um, Nikki, who was a friend of Lindsay's, said that she uh, was awoken in the night by a telephone call from an unknown number. She didn't register a lot of what the female caller was saying, but she noted that the caller had a strange accent that she couldn't place, and she became scared when she remembered that Lindsay said that her unidentified client and possible murderer had an accent that she couldn't figure out as well. So, she called the number back, but nobody picked up. She called 20 or 30 times until someone answered, and the person on the other line was someone named Shirley Zilo. And Nikki was like, why do you, did you call me? How'd you get my number? I don't know you, blah, blah, blah. And she said she meant to call another Nikki, her secretary. And she didn't know why Nikki's number was in her contact list, but presumed that her son, Jason, might have added it. And Shirley was like, um, this never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Da, 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 da. That's weird. And then that's weird to me. Cause like, why would she, why would Jason? There's a lot of questions, but we're not going to get into that. So... Um in February of each year after all this happened, uh Lindsay's father holds an annual walk in remember remembrance of Lindsay to keep her investigation open and keep her case in the public eye. In 2017, a message was posted on the investigative website run by Jeff that said, I killed Lindsay and Stupid Cops Will Never Prove It. Um it said that the message had misspellings in it and they Of course, don't know who did it. It was, like, posted on, like, a message board or whatever on the website. And in 2020, um, the Capitol Daily requested a release of the public records relating to the case and uh, unpublished information. And it said the documents revealed that the police were aware of two different crime phones used by the suspects. And um, they also reported strange internet activity just before the time of her murder that the police said... Um, violent crimes on her Facebook friends list may have played a role in her murder. And in 2001, the advancement of DNA analysis and other technology had created new leads for the case that they had been working on since 2020, but um, they could—they haven't announced anything after that. So I don't know about that. And the uh, other real estate agent that disappeared, her name was Susie Lampert clue so we figure that out as well and so i found an article um from may of this year that the father um of lindsay um is being sued for defamation by the mother of lindsay's boyfriend so jeff is one of two defendants named in a civil suit in the supreme court that um, he and another woman have been publishing claims online accusing Shirley, who is Jason's mother, of Lindsay's murder. So this goes back to like the cell phone thing that we were talking about that didn't make any sense. Why was she calling Lindsay's friend in the middle of the night and then said that Jason did it? It is weird. I'm just going to say it's weird. I'm not going to say that Jason's mother did it, but I'm going to say it's weird. But why would you do it? And why would you call Nikki and have a strange accent? You know what I'm saying? What you doing, girl? Give us the 411. We need to know about it, right? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, I don't know. Lindsay's case has never been solved. But like I said, apparently the dad thinks that Jason's mom did it. Um, And if what Nikki said was true, it is weird. And I have a lot of questions and I need to know about it. And somebody needs to tell me, please, right now. (laughs) Let me know. Tell me. Let's talk about it. I need to know. So that is the case of Lindsay and her dis- her murder um, in the home that she was showing during her real estate job. Like I said, I wish there was more about it. Um, but it, like I said, it's weird. So I don't know. Let me know what you think. Send us a message or comment on the Facebook group or whatever you want to do and let us know. Um, I guess I'll be doing the shout outs this week. So, super fun shout out in my sinus voice to Derek and Trevor and Josh and my friend. (laughs) I'm sorry I sing to you. And my friend Brianna. So, yeah. You're welcome. And Rochelle. Oh my gosh, Rochelle. I can't believe I almost forgot you. She's been my friend for six million years. I've known her longer than anyone probably. (laughs) I can't believe I almost forgot. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So see, this is why I shouldn't do shout outs because even I don't know. (laughs) Even I don't know. Right. So whatever. Um, but yeah, next week, hopefully Eric will be back and he'll be able to take his job back and I won't have to worry about this. Right. (laughs) So, um, thanks for listening and we will scare you later.